to have our own desires is wonderful, but the will of God is what? Children of God is greater. And we must always surrender to the will of God. Jesus surrendered to the will of God in that book of Matthew. He surrendered himself to the will of the Father in that book of Matthew 26, verse 40 to 41. He found them sleeping. He said, why are you sleeping? So he surrendered to the will of God. And when the will of God was done, glory of God was made manifest. That is the most important thing you must hold in your heart. When the will of God is done, it does not matter what situation you're going through. It does not matter really what you're facing. What matters the most is that when the will of God is done, it is done so that the glory of the, God, of the Lord can be revealed. The glory of God can be made manifest. It was not an easy or an enjoyable experience for Jesus to be crucified. His mother was crying. Both Mary Magdalene, they were crying. Both Mary, the mother of, you know, the wife of Chusa, those who were following him, ministering to him, they were crying. They felt lost. Think about the two men who were walking and Jesus joined them. They were talking about how they thought he was the one. You know, many people's hopes were shattered. Dreams were shattered. Things they were hoping for. Things that we read like in the book of Acts 1 now. That he, when will be the time where God will restore the kingdom? When will God restore Israel? When will God do this? No, don't worry about those things. All you need to be concerned about now is receive the Holy Ghost. Have the power so that you can go and be my witnesses. Sometimes we can spend time and time again trying to figure out, oh God, when will this problem end? When will this situation end? Listen to me, children of God. If we wait for some of the challenges of life to end before we receive the power of God to be witnesses of God, we can wait forever. God wants you to be a witness. God wants you to be powerful even in the presence of that challenge. It is not the absence of the challenge. It is not the, the absence of the conditions of life that you are under that will make you to be a good person or a good receiver of the Holy Ghost. No. The Holy Spirit loves people who are broken hearted. The Holy Spirit loves people who are crying in heart. The Holy Spirit loves people whose spirit are feeling crushed, their hearts they are feeling crushed. But they know how to cry to God even in the midst of that situation. The Holy Spirit loves those kind of people. Oh, hallelujah. It was in the time when they were crying and they were gathered in one place that the Holy Spirit came upon them. It was in what we call the upper room Pentecost day that the Holy Spirit found them crying, mourning, troubled. And their joy was made full. Let us read it in the book of Luke 21 so that you can understand. Let us read it in the book of Luke 21 verse 34. Be careful, verse 34, or your hearts will be weighed down with kerosene, drunkenness, and the anxieties of this life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. And that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Now, Jesus gives us Two very important reasons why, again, we must watch and pray. So the first one was, don't enter into temptation. Now he says, be always on, be on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape. You may be able to escape 
This word escape reminds us of the time when the Bible says that temptations will come, but God will make a way of what? Of escape. So what Jesus is saying that you're going to face trying times, but for you to be able to escape all that is about to happen, you need to watch and watch and pray. Secondly, that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. If you're not watchful and pray, you will miss the opportunity to stand before the Son of Man. You will miss the opportunity to stand before the Lord of Glory. You will miss the opportunity. You will not be like those five women who were wise enough to keep an extra oil. You will be like those who says, I have enough oil, I have all it takes, and enjoy the amount you have now. But he says, now you need to have enough so that you will not miss your appointment with the Son of Man. So we watch and pray so that we don't fall into temptation, so that we don't miss the appointment with the Son of Man, and so that when the day comes, we will not find ourselves as those who will be crying, those who are hopeless. But no, instead we will be able to escape all that is about to come all the tribulations, all the things that are about to come, will be able to escape. Now, I want you to understand the way this thing, escape, most of the time when we think about this as human beings, escape, it means you will avoid the whole thing completely. That does not necessarily mean that. It can also mean that when those days, when those trials come your way, you'll be able to overcome them. That's why there's an issue of escape meaning escape, it might mean that you were about to be swallowed up or about to be destroyed by whatever it is, but you found a way to get away, to avoid the intended will of the situation, maybe to destroy you completely, but it won't destroy you. Oh, glory be to Jesus. It says in, in verse 37, each day Jesus was teaching at the temple. Each day Jesus would teach at the temple. And each evening, he went out to spend the night on the... You know, when I read scriptures like this, that's why I begin to understand. Sometimes you hear me say, I wish church can be every day. Why are we not having church every day? We are children of God. We are sons of God. Are we not children of God? Why does it feel normal to have only church on Sunday? Why does it feel like it's normal? If, if, we, if we have to share the word of God every day, it feels like it's abnormal. It feels like it's too much. And yet the Bible says here, each day Jesus was teaching at the temple. Oh my God. Each day, every day, Jesus will find opportunity to share something. And each day they will go at the hour of prayer to pray in the temple. It feels normal today to do things that the world accommodates as a better way of doing things than to do things the way the Son of Man, the Son of God, was doing them. The way that the kingdom of God prefers each day, children of God. You know, I once visited this place. I once went to Kenya. That was one of the places. Early in the morning, you will hear people pray early in the morning. It is like a normal thing. People will be praying. There's this thing where you hear like this Muslim sound that you hear, the bell. There, and even these prayers they do. There, they even do it. They've got places where they put them on last speakers. People will be praying early in the morning. 
In the evening, when they gather together, they come back again. They'll be praying again. You'll hear everywhere. So if you are in your own house, your windows are open, you can hear them pray, and you might end up just joining them. That is their way of life. That is their way of life. At one time, when I was in Ethiopia, even there, early in the morning, people, before they reach work, they pass by the temple. They pass by the church to pray. There will be somebody there conducting their prayer, releasing them that the day must be well with you. You must go there. You must work well. When they come back, they come to give thanksgiving. Every day, you'll find the streets filled with people, flooded with people, going up and down. But most of those people will pass. I remember uh, there was one man who was a, uh, who was a taxi driver. Uh, we, became, we ended up becoming close with that man. He was a taxi driver. That man... He, he, he was struggling with issues of his life. And he was drinking because he was having problems of his life. But that did not mean that he didn't love God. He would tell me that even himself, every morning, he passed to pray. He was even telling me that he wanted to take me to a place where they've got the, the, the ark, what they believe is the real ark of the covenant of God, where it is, in Egypt somewhere there, or, or even in, around Ethiopia, around either Ethiopia or Egypt. Hallelujah. But what I want you to see is there's, there's a pattern of life, there's an attitude they were having. Every day. The Bible says here in verse 37, each day Jesus would be teaching in the temple and each evening, I'm reading NIV, each evening he went out to spend the night on the hill called the Mount of Olives. That's what I was saying on Sunday. If you and I, we say we are followers of Christ, and I just eat nyama, and I just want to enjoy my eight hours of sleep or ten hours of sleep every day. Hey, which Lord are we following? He says, watch and pray. He came to them and said, are you sleeping? Be awake. Watch and pray. Verse 38, and all the people came early in the morning to hear him at the temple. So people will always come to receive. They didn't know that this man has been awake this man has been praying. This man has been doing this and that. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, let us watch and pray. Every day. Every day. Glory be to Jesus. In Hebrews 13 verse 17. In Hebrews 13, verse 17, it says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Do you see that? So I, or, or what I want to connect with this verse is this. Those who watch is because they know they have to give account. If you know that you are responsible for something in the kingdom of God, you know that God has made you something and God is depending on you to give a good report tomorrow, you will watch because you know that you must give account of every activity, everything that you are doing. He says, let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that will be unprofitable to you. 
Let them do so. Why? Because in this world, we face things that can make us to grieve, things that can make us to not have joy. Remember what we read in Luke 21. Verse 34 says, Be careful or your heart will be weighed down with kerosene, drunkenness. You know, when I read about this, I thought some of these people who end up entering into this kind of life is because of what they are facing. How many people that we know today, if you sit down with them, they'll tell you, I'm drunk because of the way my life is. I want to take my life because of the way my life is. Like one of the fathers that was there, that was speaking to, that my brother, Mama Tony said he found him outside there. He came inside the church. There was a man who was sitting at the back there. That man, his story was painful. That he nearly wanted to take his life. He was talking about his mother passing away and things like that. I, I look at him. He's, he's, an, he's a person who's of age. But you see, pain does not care about age. Sorrow does not care about age. Grief, mourning, does not care about age. You can never be old enough to mourn for a parted soul of a beloved person. You can never be old enough. It's always painful. And how we manage it, how we deal with it, is not always the same. In 1 Peter 5 verse 8, it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Be sober and be vigilant, meaning be wise, be watchful, because there is a devil who is moving around like a lion, and he wants to devour somebody. Why is he moving about like a lion? Because he knows that we are on the lookout for the lion of the tribe of Judah. So anything that might come as a lion, we might think it's a friend. And yet it's not a friend. Sometimes the Bible says, we know that Jesus is the lamb who was slain, who never said anything. And the Bible says there are those who are wolves. They come dressed, dressed in what? Sheepskin. So the devil's strategy is always to confuse. He confuses so that what you see, you think it is the Lord and it's not the Lord. He comes like a lion and he knows you are on the watch looking for the lion of the tribe of Judah who will fight your battles. When you are in a problem, in a, in a situation, you, you are looking out for the one who will come and fight for you, who is Jesus Christ. And then the next thing you discover is the deception of the enemy. Let us watch and pray. In John 16, verse 12, I want you to see now that Jesus did not leave us in this confusion without an answer. When I say in this confusion, where there's a deception, where the devil can try to deceive us, where he can try to come in whatever way and try to make himself like he is, and then we follow, thinking we are following the Lord. You know, think about Saul of Tarsus, saving, daily he woke up to go and persecute Christians, thinking he's saving Jehovah. What a deception of the devil. Thinking he's saving Jehovah. But thank God, the day of his repentance came when he was on his way to Damascus. He repented and his way was made straight. 
immediately he was filled with the Holy Ghost because if he was not filled with the Holy Ghost, he was not going to know the difference. So the only way we can know the difference between right and wrong is by the Holy Ghost. John 16, 12 to 15. He says, I have much to say to you, more than you can now bear. <laughs> this means that revelations of God, not everybody can bear them. Not everybody can understand them at the time. Some, some things we need to process them. Eh? He says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what he is yet to come. He will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Are you hearing that? All the things belongs to the Father and is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. That is why we need the Holy Spirit. This is the key Jesus is telling us. We need to be watchful and prayerful. But we can't do it alone. We need a companion. A companion who is not like men. A companion who cannot abandon us. A companion who is faithful. It is the Holy Spirit. It says when you have the Holy Spirit, He will make known to you. Why? Because in the time when we are watching, when we are looking, this is what happens. It means that we are concerned about certain things. It means that we need understanding of certain things. And the only one that we can be sure of that what he is revealing is truth is the Holy Spirit. In John 16, the same John 16 that we are reading, I want to read now verse, from verse 16, but I will read from the Amplified Version now. In a little while, you will no longer see me. And again, after a short while, you will see me. So some of his disciples questioned, among themselves. What does he mean when he tells us, in a little while you will no longer see me, and again after a short while you will see me, and because I go to my father. Verse 18. What does he mean by a little while? We do not know or understand what he is talking about. In verse 19, Jesus knew what they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, are you wondering and inquiring among yourselves what I meant when I said, in a little while, you will no longer see me, and again in a short while, you will see me. I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, that you shall weep and grieve, but the, whole, the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned to joy. A woman, when she gives birth to a child, has grief, meaning she has got anguish and agony, because her time has come. But when she has delivered the child, she no longer remembers the pain, the trouble, and the anguish because she is so glad that a man, a human being, has been born into the world. So, for the present, you are also in sorrow, in distress and depressed. But I will see you again, and then your hearts will rejoice, and no one can take from you your joy your delight. And when that time comes, you will ask nothing of me. You will need to ask me no questions. I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, the Father will grant you whatever you ask in my name, as presenting all that I am. Up to this time, you have not asked a single thing in my name. 
as presenting all that I am. But now I ask. Now ask and keep on asking and you will receive so that your joy, your delight may be full and complete. I have told you these things in parables, in vague language, in dark sayings. The hour is now coming when I shall no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but I shall tell you about the Father in plain words and openly, without reserve. At that time, you will ask or pray in my name, and I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for it will be unnecessary. <laughs> oh my God. For the Father himself tenderly loves you because you, lo you have loved me and have believed that I came out from the Father. I came out from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I'm leaving the world and I'm going to the Father. What a word. So Jesus is telling us that we need to be watchful because this world will bring us a lot of pain, a lot of sorrow, a lot of hurt. There will be weeping, there will be mourning, there will be grief. But in the midst of all this, we are supposed to find joy as Christians. Let me repeat it again. Jesus is telling us that we need to be watchful and prayerful because in this world, we are going to face many things that will bring us pain, hurt. We will weep, we will mourn, we will grieve, we will cry. Are you with me, children of God? But in the midst of all this, we are supposed to find joy as Christians. We are supposed to be full of joy. He said like a mother or a woman who is about to give birth, there is a pain that comes, that pain it's inevitable, meaning it will occur at any time. Even when it's not expected, it will occur at any time. When that pain comes, it might be unbearable at times, but what will silence that pain at the end, or that will make that pain to be worthwhile? It is the result that will follow. I'm saying to you tonight, the result that will follow your life, if you diligently continue to seek Him in prayer and watchfulness, the glory that shall be revealed shall not be compared to anything that will pass through. All we need to do as Christians, so that we don't miss the Son of Man, so that we must be able to escape the intended evil that the devil is bringing our way, so that we don't fall into temptation, these three things. Let us be watchful and prayerful. Let us keep on watching. Jesus is expecting us to be watchful and prayerful in every situation, children of God. We watch and pray. There's different faces to prayer. When we pray, we pray to seek God. We pray to know God. When we pray, sometimes we pray on behalf of others. Sometimes we pray asking God. So Jesus spoke about the prayer that when we now pray because he is going to ascend to the Father and the Holy Spirit will come, now we can ask the Father anything in his name. And he says, he will not ask for our behalf. You see, when we say that Jesus is interceding, we sometimes we are thinking Jesus is asking things. Or not. But his prayer here, he says, I won't ask, I won't have to ask anything for you now. Now you ask yourself. But he's interceding, meaning he's praying for our faith not to fail. That is the closest I can come to. He's praying for our faith not to fail so that we don't give up, we don't become weary, we don't grow old or tired in praying. 
like a woman that he spoke about in the book of Luke 18 verse 1, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. We must not lose heart. We must keep asking the Father, knowing that whatever we ask, the Father is able to do them, and we ask in the name of Jesus. So there's all kinds of prayers, right? There's prayers of intercessions, where we pray on behalf of others, on behalf of self. That's what I call on behalf. It can be on behalf of yourself or on behalf of others. These are prayers that we are petitioning God to do something. Prayers where we are asking God for help. Then there's, there's adoration. That's the second way. We, there's adoration. We pray in adoration to Him. All right? This cannot be done in the absence of worship and praises. Right? Then there's, there's prayers of blessing. Remember when, remember when the priest would stand before the people and bless the people. So one who has been called by God can pray a prayer of blessing. Release the blessing. Hello. Then there can be prayer of repentance. Where we need salvation. This can be done in line with understanding that we need to change certain things so that we can be in line with the plan of God. Then there can be prayers of thanksgiving. Where we are thanking God for His goodness and His mercy. I believe even tonight you have a reason to have thanksgiving time to thank Him for the life well lived today, for Him covering you, preserving you, and giving you an opportunity to see this night, to sit in this meeting, and we are sharing this word. We have to be thankful. You have to be thankful even now as you listen to me. Say, so Thank you, Lord, for the word you are giving me now. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to me this way. Thank you, Lord, for enlightening me. You, that's the attitude of a child of God. It's always being thankful. Thank you, Lord, I'm able to hear. Hallelujah. We have many concerns about our future and what is to come. That's why we must be concerned. That's why we must always be prayerful and watchful. We are concerned about our lives. We are concerned about our families. We are concerned about our nations. We are concerned about our church. We are concerned about our government. But listen, the Holy Spirit has been sent to us to be our help. So that when we are watchful people, anyone who is watchful and prayerful is working together with the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are more relevant and they are more impactful to people who are watchful and prayerful. Because he is there to reveal things that comes from God. The will of God is made known when we are watchful. Let me say it this way. When you are asking God, Father, where are we going? We are living in the times like this. What about my family? You begin to ask God, pray. Not complain. You are asking God. My family is like this. My life is like this. What about this? What about this? What about this? Everything you ask the Father, the concerns you have, you make petitions, you make intercessions for your family, for your nation, for your country, for your church. God responds by bringing revelations by the Holy Spirit. Let us therefore be watchful and prayerful always. I want to end here tonight. Let us be watchful and prayerful. Tell somebody, let us be watchful and prayerful. Lest we enter into temptation. Let us be watchful and prayerful. Lest we fail 
to find a way of escape in the day of trouble. Let us be watchful and prayerful, lest we miss our appointment with the Son of Man. Hallelujah. The fourth thing can be, let us be watchful and prayerful. Let us be watchful and prayerful. Lest we fail to become the witnesses and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says, don't be concerned. Don't, don't worry about when God will do this and this. Yes, you can be having questions, but don't worry about is it going to be tomorrow? Is it gonna... All you need to be concerned about is be filled with the power and be a witness. Be filled with the power and be a witness. Be filled with the power and be a witness. Ask somebody, how many are you witnessing to? How many have you been witnessing to? We are concerned about when God are you going to do this? When are you going to bring this? When are you going to bless me? How many are we concerned about am I filled with the power? Am I witnessing? How many people am I witnessing to? How many people know Jesus today? How many people am I influencing through my life? How many people am I sharing with them? Who is Jesus? How many things that are happening to your life? Are you able to say when somebody is asking you, say, this is Jesus? Or we are quick to say, ah, hey, you know, I know it. I studied. I have money. How many of us we are able to redirect the questions that comes our way to Jesus and point the direction that if you are watching me, if you are looking at me, if you are seeing my life, see Jesus. Because whatever the Lord will do in our lives gives us opportunity to be true witnesses of his great grace and majesty. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the power of God. We have the grace of God. We have fellowship with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, so that we can be witnesses. So please, I shared this with you tonight to re-emphasize what we were discussing on Sunday. Let us be watchful. Otherwise, we enter into temptation. Otherwise, we fall into the trap where we cannot escape. Otherwise, we miss the Son of Man. Otherwise, we miss to become witnesses of the only true God to many who don't know Him. When the Holy Spirit comes, He wants us to walk in His gifts. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are for us, not for the world, for us to use them to edify the body of Christ, to use them to do the work of the kingdom. Hallelujah. So I pray tonight that Holy Father, we may have the grace and we may find the opportunity to draw ourselves closer and closer to you and that the Holy Spirit may be able to work through us, that the Holy Spirit may be able to do and to reveal the will of the Father, the will of the Christ to us, that we may not walk in the vanities of this life, we may not walk blinded by the situations, the circumstances of life, but in everything that we may know that sorrow gives birth to joy, pain gives birth to joy, mourning gives birth to joy. All of the issues of life 
but it might not be desirable to a believer. 